0: All right, everybody. Welcome back into Two on OSU. Uh, Sam, we're we're fresh off watching South Alabama Jaguars come into Boone Picking Stadium and beat the Cowboys thirty-three to seven. That was the story, of course, on Saturday, and then on Monday, Mike Gundy, he uh, he was he had a very interesting press conference. I think the highlight of which he said he doesn't think OSU is facing any major problems. Do you agree? Well, no. And I understand why Mike Gundy said that. It doesn't probably uh, s- sound great from from his perspective. If on uh, Twitter, you know, he says Oklahoma State, we do have major problems, and we did get men handled by by South Alabama. Um, so, and that's the line. Now, to to be fair, um, everyone probably saw that line on, on Twitter or in stories and everywhere else. And I want to read the full quote bin because uh, context is never a bad thing, and it's only fair to read the full quote. So. Here's what Mike Gundy said in a response to a question about um, from, from Barry Trammell about, hey, Mike, how do you fix major problems versus minor problems? And, and here's what Gundy said. I don't think we have majors. I'm just being honest. I'm going to be able to give you a really good answer, though, three weeks from now. Let me go back now. What we did out there Saturday was ugly. I'm not saying anything other than that. But I am saying I don't see it as a major issue. When I watched the tape, I felt a lot better than I did when I went home. Let's put it that way. I think everything that we're doing, right, I think I think that we're doing everything we can to improve in enough in play and compete and give ourselves a chance to win games. So I guess if you're Mike Gundy, you you might believe that, you might not. I understand why he said it, but I think the – I don't care whether you diagnose diagnosed as a major problem or a minor problem. There are problems costing this team games right now, as, as just happened, and – if they don't fix, I, I imagine problems that will cost this team in the future winning games as, as Oklahoma State moves into Big 12 play. But Ben, you, you could start offensive line, you, you could start maybe defense, you could start quarterbacks. Where, where do you start when diagnosing what's what's gone wrong? We've seen problems in these first three games, right? It hasn't just been, oh, Oklahoma State randomly fell apart. It's It, it was maybe somewhat predictable. I didn't predict it. I predicted Oklahoma State to win and exploit the South Alabama secondary, but that did not happen at all. And where, where do you start with your diagnosis of the problems, major or not, that Oklahoma State has? I, I think I'll, I'll start off by saying the total offense ha- has been the biggest problem. Whether it's a major or a minor, maybe we need to see how this offense looks against Big 12 play to decide that, Sam. But certainly on Saturday, it was a major, major problem for the Cowboys. They just didn't score. Only seven points late in the game. Um, it's, it's not been great, especially when you think back to, to what has been the hallmark of Oklahoma State football for, for over a decade now, not including the, the great defensive stuff in the Fiesta Bowl run, but offense has been it here in Stillwater, Sam, and, and it just hasn't been the case like that this last season. Right now, OSU is number 111 among all, among all FBS teams in total offense, uh, 321.7 yards a game for the Cowboys this season. That's just not good enough to, to win games. And I think if, if I would have to to look at the biggest problem, it's probably the, the the biggest problem overall is the offense right now. Here's here's the deal on that, Ben. I believe that Oklahoma State, this team as we've seen it, has to win games a very specific way. Think back even two years ago to the 2021 team. For a while, you know, you could get games where Spencer Sanders was balling out, made some crazy plays. Tay Martin has 160 yards, and Oklahoma State wins offensively. A lot of times, it was just the defense that could, uh, shut teams down on third down, and you know gave up 13 points, and the Cowboys won like that. But now this team is very locked in to a, a formulaic way to win ball games. They cannot fall behind because if. Oklahoma, if, if, the, if the Cowboys have to throw the ball, then teams are going to tee off on the pass rushing. They're, you know, Gunner can run a little bit, but Rangel and Bowman aren't as great of runners. So it, for the Cowboys to win games now, they have to get ahead early or at least keep the game close early and run the ball well with Ollie Gordon, with Jaden Nixon, with Elijah Collins, and make plays on special teams. That's how we saw in the past. You know, C- Corey Black was blocking field goals. The the Cowboys have won like that. But when one of those things falls off, when the Cowboys get behind early and and they have to abandon the run game, uh, as what happened against South Alabama, or if they don't run the ball well or or make a bunch of plays on special teams, you know, they didn't make plays on special teams against South Alabama. Brennan dropped that punt, and that was a turning point that some would say, um, you know, really closed the door on the Cowboys. So to me, the, the problem is, big picture, the offense they have to, to win games a very certain way. And as this season goes along, I just don't see that formula playing out all that often. Agreed. It's only going to get harder as Big 12 play. Well, you know, start. well yeah, it's great. You know, the yeah. big, I, have, I have an article coming about on this later. Or maybe when this is posted, the article will be out looking at Oklahoma State's schedule. And it's like, yeah, the the, the Texas teams that they're dodging, aside from Texas University, Baylor, Texas Tech, those teams don't look great anymore, but the, the schedule still seems pretty weak to me. You know, Iowa State doesn't look great, uh, speaking of the, the game that the Cowboys have. So go ahead, Ben. I interrupted. But I don't know how much harder it really gets if we're being honest. No, that's, that's fair. It, and I guess, you know, long, like, you know, uh, game four of Big 12 play is, is going to be a lot harder than, than game fair. one at Iowa State. That's a real sickos matchup. Say, yeah. uh, that game yeah. at Iowa State, what did you say the over under was? I think is uh, I, I think it was 35 or 36 or something yeah yeah That's just not, not used to what we're seeing from from Oklahoma State uh, Cowboy football it, it, it is having to do with that offense. do you see any other major problems? I mean I'll, I'll let you hear, hear my two cents on this whole quarterback thing go ahead um, do you see the quarterback solution or lack of solution continuing to do the three-man rotation as a problem? I see it as a minor problem right now, honestly. To, to me, if you're watching South Alabama, I don't think the quarterbacks really lost the game in terms of which one was out there. I think they all struggled a little bit. And, you know, they're again, to me, they all feel about the same skill in, in terms of ability to go out and win you a ballgame. Here's where the minor quarterback problem could turn into a major quarterback problem there's going to be a tipping point. And and Scott Wright, our our friend at the Oklahoman, he he, he asked Mike Gundy about, Mike, will there be a tipping point later in the season when if this three-man rotation keeps up, you know, you could be facing opponents, their quarterbacks have gotten every snap of the year, and the quarterback that you settle on or have out there has had a third of their reps. And Mike did say there would be a tipping point when uh, maybe you'd want to get this thing figured out because right now – If you are planning on settling on one guy for Oklahoma State, then you're hurting that guy right now by not getting him all the reps. So there is a ticking nature to this, time-wise. If you're looking at trying to settle a quarterback, you want to get it done quickly, and we've talked about that so often. But to me, you know, maybe you just roll a three, roll the dice, and say (laughs) one and two go to Bowman, three and four go to Rangel, and five and six go to Gunner. Because if you if you're not going to be able to make a decision then uh you may as well leave it up to, to chance at least and um, get at the get completing the, the reps. So that's where that comes in. If if there's been no separation, some folks would argue we saw some separation in South Alabama with, with Bowman. But you know according to Gundy, they all played well. Negative separation. Negative,
1: negative separation. negative separation,
0: right? But regression. I think Gundy said, I think Gundy said they've all played well. After every single game, Sam. So yeah. if there's been no separation in the first three games of the season, what about those performances makes you think there's going to be any in the coming weeks? I mean, South Alabama, am I going to call them? That's that's a good enough opponent to play Power Five. So Arizona State's a good enough opponent to play Power Five. You know, I guess although Arizona State's not been doing well, so these games aren't too dissimilar from what we're going to be seeing in the early stages of Big Twelve play. What makes you think that there's suddenly just going to be some separation after not having been any the first three weeks? I mean. It might just be time to just pick one. Yeah, yeah. Hey, real quick, I'll answer that. But did you catch what Mike Gundy said? He mentioned South Alabama is good enough to play Power 5, and he said they have the largest indoor practice facility in the state of Alabama. I thought, well, surely is that true? But it uh, it sure is. The Jaguar Training Center opened in 2018 and is 96,000 square feet. Um, so maybe maybe South Alabama – is one of those teams you look back at the end of the year and say, wow, you know, they had a two-lane-like run or something. I know they just lost a two-lane this year, um, but maybe, maybe they look back and make a good bowl game, but that's beside the point. Uh, you need to beat South Alabama at home if you're Oklahoma State and want to be what Oklahoma State's been in the past, and as far as looking at potential QB separation and aims, I really doubt there's going to be any. Again, I think we've seen what Alan Bowman is. I, th- I think we've seen what Garrett Rangel's, and, and I think we've seen what Gunner Gundy is. So I, I don't know. I, I unless there's something in practice, or Mike mentioned Garrett Rangel got sick, so maybe someone's sickness or lack of reps could take them out of the competition. But yeah, I I, I don't anticipate seeing anything. I also don't anticipate seeing Flores and Ben. I know that was that, that, there was some talk about that. I mean, you brought it up today. You said, look, if if this season does just become a wash season, you know, OSU loses a couple more games, nothing doing, do you just break the glass and and take the red shirt off of Zane Flores and, and see what he can do? And Mike Gundy said no. Zane is a great player. He's going to do great things, lots of faith in him, but he is not ready to play right now. Yeah. So Can I ask that question, Ben? Because Gundy's talked about in his press conferences – You've got to be worried about people transferring if they don't get reps. So to me, I I guess I'm surprised that that doesn't also extend to Zane Flores. I know he he was a highly touted kid. I don't know how much interest he has in transferring after this year or if he even expected to play what his um, expectations were going in, what the coaches told him about having a chance or anything like that. Um, But I I was just surprised, you know, hey, if, if it is really a wide open race to help Satisfy everyone, you know. Maybe you, you throw Zane out there, but it doesn't sound like doesn't sound like the Cowboys would be breaking glass in case of emergency with him. No, it, and maybe Zane sees just how much of an opportunity the three guys right now are getting a chance to play, and says, "Okay, I'm going. You know, it's it's I'm going to get my chance next year. We'll we'll have yeah. to see how that all shakes out. Or maybe one of the guys emerges. Maybe Garrett Ringel becomes the guy and kind of takes over. A lot of people drew similarities to. Brandon Whedon, what he did, where he emerged in the second half of a game in Colorado and from that point kind of grasped control of of the whole race. The opportunity was there, I think, against South Alabama and it was not taken, not at all. So, Ben, let me ask you this. We're looking ahead a little bit to the Ames game when the Cowboys go up to Ames and crazy things can always happen up there. They do always happen. They they don't, they they can't, yeah, they do always happen. Remember how last. Last time the Cowboys went up to Ames, that ended? That, uh, that that was OSU's first loss of the year. And, you know, it was on, on a Brandon Presley crazy spot. So I, And that felt like the least crazy game that happened in Ames in a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you there. But, Ben, let, let's – if you could for me, and I know I'm putting you up on the spot, draw up a hypothetical best-case scenario for Oklahoma State because it feels like the sky is falling and maybe they go to Ames and put up seven points and, and it, it's the exact same struggle. Can you see any scenario where that plays out differently, and how do the Cowboys recover from losing thirty-three to seven to South Alabama? What would be the best case scenario in Iowa? I think the best case scenario is one of the three quarterbacks leads a offensive revival, and OSU wins it something like thirty-three to seven to counteract whatever we just saw last week, which Mike Gundy said was was not not good enough, not good enough at all. So, so best case for for OSU would be. I think one guy making the decision easy on everybody at the quarterback level, and just grasping it. I don't think that's going to happen because, like I said, we, we we've seen it for three games now. What what makes you think the fourth game something's magically going to happen? So, um, it, it's 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 not probable case, but I think best case is OSU has an offensive revival. The offensive line runs great, like you said, Sam. the The Cowboys don't get behind. Maybe they get some defensive short fields or some some special teams plays to get them in good field position to to manage this game and, and run the ball early because that's something a lot of people have been talking about is is the running game and how OSU has not been able to run the ball as often as it would like to players like Ali Gordon and Jaden Nixon and Elijah Collins, three really talented players who, who've proven that they can do good things just because of the game situation. I would not be surprised if... You watch this, you know, go up to Ames, and we watch the Cowboys' first scripted drive, and there's a couple design touches for Brennan Presley. There's a couple design touches for Ollie right out of the gate, just to right what was I think a wrong by Oklahoma State to not get those guys touches earlier in the game. I understand second half, you can throw all that out the window because, you know. 15-play-long touchdown drives don't necessarily benefit Oklahoma State that much then when you have to recover and get multiple scores quickly. Uh, But in the first half, I think you've got to get Brennan Presley more touches. I think you'd you'd like to get Ollie Gordon more touches. So I could see that going forward, especially in Ames. Maybe you get those guys some quick touches out of the gate. But, heck, the last scripted drive Oklahoma State had was, was its best drive. You know, the Cowboys were marching right down the field on South Alabama to open the game until uh, Jaden Bray, you know, um, dropped what could have been a touchdown. But I'd I, I look especially hard at this next scripted drive, see what Casey Dunn cooks up out of the gate. Sam, we'll uh, get into our Iowa State game predictions and previews next week, uh, but do you have any thoughts before we close this one out? I never asked you, do, do you think they have major problems, minor problems? Where do you come out on all that? I think a major problem is the offensive Output specifically in the run game, yeah, in in the run game, because I think the difference between a major problem and a minor problem, a major problem is not fixable, a minor problem is fixable. I think the quarterback situation can get fixed by picking a player, and and but I'm not so sure, Sam, about the offensive run game. That's something that Mike Gundy brought up just about every week last year, and it didn't get fixed last year, so. So why, why should I expect to see it get, it get fixed right now? Yeah. Presumably, being outcoached is a fixable problem. And that was one of the first things Gundy brought up about South Alabama is, you know, Gundy puts his hand in the air pretty much and says, hey, on me, we got outcoached, and, and that starts with me. Dean Rule from, from the Tulsa World kind of asked Mike Gundy, I, I thought a good question in, the, in his press conference Monday, what does outcoached mean? Where, where, where can we see that? And, and Gundy said, better better schemes better plays, and it presumably that, that's that's fixable. Whereas guys getting pushed around, and you can't change your team at this point. So I, I'd agree with that. Anything schematic is is fixable, but they say uh, Jimmy's and Joe's win football games, not X's and O's. So you can't change the Jimmy's and Joe's right now, Ben. No, and out-executed too. Don't forget that. We're going to add it on. Cowboys got to stop dropping passes. They got to start, you know, uh, tackling. Gunny said it was improved, but against South Alabama, it hasn't been up to the to the standard. I'm sure everyone in Stillwater wants it to be. So out-coaching and out-executing, we'll see. I think Gunny said in three weeks, well, he'll have a much better answer for us. And I think three games into Big 12 play, we'll know exactly where the Cowboys stand. Yep. Again, real quick, you mentioned drop passes. Alan Bowman, again, kind of felt like He's just getting those drops again, man. Know, it's crazy. I know. But with with no uh, with no stribbling, I mean, uh, we'll see if we see him in Ames. I uh, I don't know if we'll get an update from then. But Gundy said he's making good progress. It won't be season ending. It didn't sound like, but yeah, that, that that's another thing to fix. That's that's one of the fixable issues, no doubt. But we'll see. I, I wonder. We'll, we'll have to do some research on that, Ben. Where, where did the Cowboys come at the lead of the nation in drops at this year? It's 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 been up there. No doubt. Well, thanks for joining us for this edition of 2 1 OSU. It's Sam Hutchins and Ben Hutchins, and we'll be back later this week to preview Iowa State.